Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new, joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You can also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. everyone. Uh, my name is Josh, one of the pastors here. Honored to be with you today as we continue our series through the book of Romans that we've been a gospel for everyone. It is the start of a brand new month, which means we have some fresh new uh, December packets available. And so if you missed yours coming in today or would like one, you just toss your hand up in the air. Team of volunteers will make sure that you get one here this morning so that you can track along with that throughout the week. I just want to welcome those of you who are watching online, kind of whenever and wherever. Make grateful that you're tuning in with us. And we look forward to the day that we can meet you in person and help get you better connected to our church. Special shout out to our PV team and a special shout out to our setup team over there. It's been a blast hanging out with you guys this past couple of months, man. And just grateful for what you do to provide a space for people to come and know Jesus. And lastly, I just want to welcome those of you guys who are new with us, whether today is your very first time or maybe you've been coming a couple of weeks and we just haven't gotten connected yet. Man, our pastoral team would love to do that. Out at our Prescott campus, our Prescott Valley campus, you could do that out at Connection Central at the end of our service. Our team of pastors will be there or here in our Prescott campus. You can head out the double doors and take a left. We have an area called Pastors Point. And me and a couple other pastors will be there. We'd love to say hey and put a face and a name together. As we prepare to dig in this morning, you know, as we've been walking through the book of Romans, we as a church have said we're going to read the word of God together aloud. And right here from uh, this platform. And so we're going to do that today. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open those to Romans chapter 6. Verses 15 through 23, or you can open your Bible app on your phone or in those Roman packets, it's page 114. So I'd like to invite you, if you're able, to stand with us as we read the Word of God together aloud. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, You are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. 
You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. And for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Grateful for you preserving it for us, God. So I ask, Spirit, today that you use it to convict us and to challenge us and ultimately to change us to be better followers of your son, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, before we get into our text this morning and begin unpacking it, there is this idea that I need to help work out and flesh out for us because it's really important for where we're going today that we understand, I think, what Paul is trying to say. And so the crux of really Romans chapter 6, it can be found in verse 18 here. And Jason kind of alluded to this last week as he began us in chapter 6. We talked about it on the podcast. But this idea that Paul is trying to drive home is this that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And so it's it's this understanding that I want to help unpack. And so this first thing is this idea that Jesus came. And so hopefully you've been with us since the beginning. And if you maybe hear this, Jesus came and you go, wait a minute, I've heard that somewhere. Remember, we laid out a definition of the gospel because we said that the gospel is really, really important. It's what Paul is trying to preach, but it it entails a lot. So we tried to give a definition to it. And this is what we did. And we said you would want it so you could reference it, just like this, that Jesus came, that he lived, he died, resurrected, ascended, and will one day return again. And so it's this idea that Jesus came for a purpose, and then he lives a sinless life, and he dies for our sins. And his dying for our sins does something for us. It sets us free. That's what the text says. It sets us free from our sins. So again, Jesus came to set us free. What is this word? This is the word. This is the word that I think we need a little bit better understanding because we think that as an American citizen, I'm free. You see, I have rights and freedoms, and they're mine. And nobody can take those away from me. And if they try, we get really mad. And so we hear the word free, and we got to ask ourselves, like, what do we think Paul's talking about? You see, our freedoms, they play themselves out like this. You see, I'm free to do what I want. You can't tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm free to say what I want, when I want, and how I want it. Even if it's unkind, unloving, uncompassionate, basically unlike Jesus, I got freedom of speech. It's my body. 
I'm free to make my own choice, no matter the impact it has on another, whether born or not yet born. I'm free to love who I want, how I want to, as long as it makes me happy, we say. And lastly, some we say, I'm free to express myself in a way that best represents me, even if it goes against the bounds of creation that God has set in motion. You see, on and on I could go. Again, the reality is, as American people, we really like our freedoms. And to infringe on those makes all of us angry at times. But again, the question is, is this what we thought Paul had in mind when he talked about the word freedom? I would say no. And how do I know that? Because Paul says this thing in verse 18 that blows us away if we're actually paying attention. He says, you've been set free from sin and have become a slave. So again, Jesus came to set us free to become a slave. I don't know you, but all my definitions of freedom don't then involve slavery, right? So this is where we get hung up. This is where we struggle so, so much, right? And so we go, well, wait a minute. No, 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 it doesn't sound right. If I'm free, I should be able to do whatever I want, say whatever I want, live however I want. And Paul actually answers this question for you. Can we? This is what he says in verse 14. I want to back up and then go right into 15. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. And the church then and the church now goes, hey, amen and hallelujah. I can sin all I want. And Paul goes, no, you can't. Because he says, he answers the question that people were asking but maybe didn't say it. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? And what is Paul's response? By no means, like, no, absolutely not. You see, you haven't been set free from sin just so that you and I can do whatever we want to do. We've actually been set free to become a slave. You see, it makes sense because the freedom that Paul is talking about fits the larger narrative of Scripture. You see, the story of the people of Israel is a story of their deliverance. The story of their rescue from slavery. Literally, it was the story that shaped them. It was a story that they would have told around the campfires in the evening time. It was the anchor that God uses before he calls them to live a life of obedience. So before God gives the people of Israel the law, the Ten Commandments, this is how he frames it. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then 40 years later, because they blew it, so he's got to retell it to this group. And so he wants to make sure they get the message as well. He gives them the law again, and he says the same exact thing. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You see, so God's liberating work for the Israelite people goes before God's expectations of their obedience. And the same now is true. God, in and through the work of Jesus on the cross, is the basis on which we now, as people who are followers of him, are called to holiness and righteousness and obedience. You see, much like our Israelite friends, they had spent their entire lives in slavery. They did not know how to live as the people of God, so God had to give them the rules and the bounds in which to live. We too. All we have known is slavery. 
We are slaves to sin and to death. And so God actually has to show us how to live. God has to teach us how to follow him to live the life we've actually been created to live. And this is what I love. We have a God who does not want us to make bricks so that he prospers like Pharaoh. We have a God that wants us to follow his ways so that we can flourish. And so it's this understanding of freedom that you got to push up against today. You, you got to have to really fight hard to not let our context come in because if we can do that, I think we can see where Paul's trying to get us to go. And Paul says something really cool. He says, hey, if you will obey, you will actually flourish. He says in verse 16, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Don't you know? Or as Jason has taught us so well, we've seen this three or four times, you should know, right? That's what that is saying. You should know, right? Okay? And so Paul is saying, hey, I can actually tell you who your master is. I can tell you who you serve, and I can tell you by the one you obey. You see, obedience is the revealer of the one we actually serve. And so if you really want to know who your master is, I say you look at the four A's. And the first one is attention. So who and what gets the bulk of your attention and time? Your accounts. Who runs your bank accounts? Right? Who actually runs those financial decisions? Right? Is it God's desires or the world's pleasures? Affections. Like, who do you actually love the most? And to what links, length do you sacrifice for them? You see, God's first command is we should have no other God before him. And we got a lot of people that move up the list instead of God. And the last one, actions. Like, whose kingdom are you actually building? Are you building the world's kingdom? Are you building your kingdom? Are you actually working with and building God's kingdom? You see, we can say we're followers of God, but do we actually have actions that reveal that? Are the things we're doing actually working to build his kingdom? And so Paul says, if you're answering some of these questions, if you're realizing that some of these things uh, are your master, if you, have, if you are a slave to sin, Paul says one thing very clear. It leads to death. Death. Like that's what it's going to bring. But then he says, but if you're a slave to obedience, it actually leads to this thing that we call righteousness. And I love this idea of righteousness. If you heard me on a podcast, I've talked about this. It's such an incredible understanding. So, so much of our understanding is righteousness is seen as this noun, this moral standing, and it's part of that. But it's so much more. This idea of righteousness is a verb. It's actually what God has done, is doing, and will do through and in the work of Jesus to make all that is right wrong with all that is wrong with the world right. And so God says, when I give myself as slaves to obedience, it leads to this righteousness that God is working on me to make me right. Because I, and you have heard over and over and over through the study of Romans, we are wrong. We are sinful. 
We are broken. We have no shot that something has to happen outside of our wants and our wills and our desires. Something that changes us. Something that changes us. And Paul says that it's actually happened. That this something has actually happened. He says again, you are a slave to something. You are a slave to something. As we've been tracking along with, as we've been talking about being in Adam or being in Jesus, right? There is either slave to sin or slave to Jesus. And if you choose to move out of Adam and into Jesus, something incredible happens. That's what he goes with in verse 17, right? It's, it's such a beautiful picture. He says, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Wow, thanks be to God. That's an incredible saying. And any time we see this in Scripture, it should be like an amen and a hallelujah, right? That I used to be this. That all of us, this was our default. That all of our default was in sin. And like we said last week, you and I get the opportunity because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to now move into Jesus. And our default is no longer slaves to sin. This is so incredible. Something now has claimed my allegiance. Something else, no longer sin, but life. And Paul says four things happen in this text that help us get to that. I want to show you. So the first one is this, this pattern of teaching. So it means that conversion, that means you actually coming to saving faith, it begins with a body of truth, a specific message that has to be received, the gospel. What does Paul say about the gospel in Romans 1.16? He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for anyone who believes. So Paul says when you believe in that pattern of teaching, it, it, it actually begins your in faith with Jesus. And then he says this. He says it actually begins to change your heart. Like when the gospel actually comes to us and we believe it, it convicts us and it affects our heart. When you understand the gospel, it changes who you are at a fundamental level. Literally, it takes your heart of stone and it gives you a heart of flesh. And then Paul says the key to all of that, when those two things happen, this has to happen. You got to obey. Like you got to obey. Like if one and two have actually happened, three is the rightful direction you will head. You see, once the gospel penetrates our heart, it actually shows itself in real life change. You see, there is an obedience that comes from your faith. And just so we don't forget, I want to circle back, but thanks be to God. This is not a work that we do. This is all God's work. That's the message of the gospel. This whole process is due to God and God alone. It's his grace. So again, our slavery to sin begins at our birth. But our slavery to God begins at our new birth. What did we talk about last week? We talked that the baptism is what? Both a tomb and a womb. That when you enter into that, when that process happens, you are given new life. And what happens is, is God's grace enables you to actually now live as people who are allegiant to God. This is what I know. You see, some of you, you've done all the things. You said the prayers, you said the things, you've even been baptized, you've done it all. And you don't look any different. You don't look any different. 
that God really hasn't claimed your allegiance because at every turn when he calls you to obey, guess what you do? You push aside and you fight it. So the question becomes, what lesser queens and kings have claimed your allegiance instead of the king of kings and the Lord of lords? You see, and Paul's saying is like, you don't have to be a slave to sin anymore, right? That's the message that you have been set free. And I've become a slave to righteousness. Now you may be thinking, is Josh going to actually address this big elephant in the room? So some of you know me, right? So you may have heard this text this morning and you chuckled a little bit because it's like, oh, yeah, let's ask the one half black guy on staff to talk about slavery. Great timing, Jason. Well done. It's interesting he ain't here today, right? No. But again, it's really cool. So if you didn't know, cat's out of the bag. So here's a picture of me and my dad, right? So my dad was actually here. This picture was taken right here in this room. He came in a couple of weeks ago. We got to go to the Prescott Valley campus. It was really fun for him being here. I love who I am. I love the perspective that I have. I love that I am half white and half black. I have actually benefited a lot from this. God has put me in some places I don't know if I would have gotten to if I didn't have this perspective. But I can also tell you, I've endured some things because of this. I've had some things happen to me that maybe some of you haven't. And so I have to be very, very careful when I read a text like this. You see, because I've talked to my dad's mom, my grandma, who was raised by her grandma, who was right removed from slavery. I've been on our 40 acres. Like, so I hear the word slavery in my context is American slavery and the atrocities that it is. And I have to be very, very careful because my tendency will be, I don't want to touch that. And some of you may be thinking the same thing. And so what we have to do is when we go into the word of God, we have to not take our preconceived notions into it. We have to actually say, well, what is the text trying to say? Do we think that Paul is actually talking about my 21st century understanding of slavery or 17th or 18th? Do we think he's talking about this or maybe Paul is talking about something else? Well, verse 19 kind of gives me a picture of this. He says, I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. So the question is, does Paul know anything about Josh's everyday life in 2022 when he wrote the book of Romans? Probably not, right? Like he does not know. And so again, it helps me. It actually helps me because I can go, okay, Paul, what are you talking about? What is in this? And actually, when I understand this, it actually unleashes a whole new picture of Jesus for me. And so really quickly, what was Paul talking about? So here are five quick distinctions from Roman Empire slavery. The first one, it was temporary or time limited most of the time. Second, it actually leads to one's freedom after the contracted time. Number three, it was often voluntary. Although, again, it could be involuntary. I mean, you were forced into it. Four, it was economically driven, not racially driven. Oh, big difference, right? Number five. It actually had some status in the Roman society because there were actually some legal protections in place. So this is what would happen. You would have a debt you could not pay, okay? You would enter into a contract with someone to pay that debt. Once that work, once it's done and you've paid your debt, you were then free. So it was not lifetime indebted servitude. 
right? So these people chose to go into this. And so when we actually understand slavery in the context of the Roman world, it helps us to understand when Paul says that Jesus has paid our ransom, a debt that we could not pay, we've been paid on our behalf. I didn't have to be a slave any longer. That's what this is saying. And so literally the word is this idea doulos or bond servant. So again, super different. And so this helps us as we keep moving through our text. Paul says, so just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. So you offered yourself. You have chosen to go into slavery. It's not just that you were born into it. You made the choice. So I need you to hear this. Yes, I am guilty because of the sin of Adam, but I am also guilty because of the sin of Josh. I have chosen this, and I have chosen this. And you have too. We have made these decisions. And so what Paul is trying to say is, so just like you used to offer yourselves as slaves to that, now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness that leads to holiness. To holiness. How incredible that God says, I'm going to make you offer yourself as righteous. I'm going to work on you, and it will actually lead to this holiness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That is what is said about our creator God, and it can be said of us. It's a status that can be given to us because we belong to that, the Holy One. We too can become holy. What a God we serve, right? And so Paul ends this thought about slavery, and this is what he says. I think it's so important. He says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free. You were free. You were free from the control of righteousness. You were free from actually doing the things that would make your life better. You see, I think that's a lot of us, how we became slaves to sin. It initially started out as freedom. And this is what I mean. You're 16. You're free to drive. And I, I mean you, became a slave to dragging your little brother around and going to get milk all over the stores, right? You're 17. You're free to smoke. Now you're a slave to the addiction. You're 18. You're free to rent the rated R movie with the sex scene that all your friends were talking about. Now you're a slave to pornography. You turn 19. You went to college. You were free to participate in the hookup culture and casual sex culture. And now you're a slave to your fleshly desires and your life is littered with broken relationships. You turn 21. You're free to drink. And now you're a slave to the drink. You can't go day or night without it. You're free to gamble, but now you're a slave to hitting the next big score because you live paycheck to paycheck. You see, we're free to buy the phone. We're free to download the apps, but baby, we are slaves to Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. We are slaves to the praise of man. You are free to get that credit card. Now you're a slave to debt. You're free to take that job. But now you're a slave to the lifestyle that it's created for you. And likely that job is killing you. Emotionally and physically, mentally, spiritually. And it's probably destroying your relationships that matter the most. But you can't quit. You've got to keep going. You're free to marry that man or that woman. 
There are a ton of red flags, but hey, I just want to be happy. And now your life is riddled with emptiness and despair. And so you're a slave to anything that will numb your pain. You see, what you thought was freedom has actually bound you. You have a master. And no matter how hard you try to quit, you can't. It owns you. And Paul says, so instead of freedom, what did you actually reap? He said, what benefit did you reap at the time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. So two things, shame and death sound great, right? Sign me up. But I think you are like me, you know. When you look at your life, you, that old saying is so true. The sin will take you further than you'd ever think you'd go. It'll make you do things you'd never thought you'd do. The sin will leave you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and sin will cost you far more than you ever wanted to pay. You see, there are a lot of you who are like me. You look back at certain periods of your life, and if we're honest, and we really ask this question, what benefit did my sin ever bring me? I think you would answer like I would answer. The sin has only made my life more difficult and more challenging and more messy. Because sin only destroys, sin always sickens, and sin completely darkens. But Paul, again, the reminder as he concludes 22 here, it does not and should not stay that way. But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. And so I want you to see this, this, this thread that Paul has been weaving as he finally lands this plane. He says, you've been set free, so we've been given freedom. Freedom to what? Become slaves of God. And remember, what's the key to this? You got to obey. That's how you know that's your master. You got to obey. And he says what happens is when you actually begin to start obeying what God wants you to obey, this really cool thing happens. You reap. Holiness. Reap. Think of harvest. Think of you planted. Think of Galatians. What you sow is what you reap. And so when you actually begin to obey God, he says the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And then the end result, incredible, eternal life. And so that's the thread that God is trying to weave to get us to understand. Paul is trying to say, look, do you get it? You've been freed. You can actually now choose to obey God. And because of that, your life begins to look more like Jesus. You begin to think like him and talk like him and sacrifice like him for people. And he said the result is life, eternal life. And then Paul ends which is the swan song of Romans 6. And it's such a powerful message. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, sin always pays what it earns, death. Spiritual death is always earned. It's never a surprise. It is the just and rightful compensation for a life that is characterized by sin, which is every life that is apart from God. But eternal life is the gift. It's the gift. You see, what we've earned is wrath. But what we are given is life. Eternal life. You see, and this is the message of the gospel. That there is nothing that we must do. It is all what God has done in and through the work of Jesus. And if we believe in that, we can move out of death and into life. 
And so Paul's message is clear as he finishes up chapter 6, just in case you've forgotten. Jesus is the only way from sin to righteousness, from condemnation to justification, and from eternal death to eternal life. And it's that idea of eternal life, church, this, that I don't think we get. I don't actually think we understand the bigness of this. Let me ask a question. So think right now, who in their wallet or purse or that random kitchen drawer that's the junk drawer or uh, your backpack has a gift card or gift cards six months older that you haven't used? Six months older that you haven't used. Raise your hand. Right, all of us. Look, I, I pulled these literally out of my backpack this morning. Like this one is to the state of Kentucky, a restaurant. We ain't using that because we ain't there no more. Like literally, what happens? You see, a gift card is only good when you actually go to the store and redeem it, right? And that's how I think many of us look at eternal life. Like initially, you're super excited. You love the gift. Everyone loves getting the gift card. But we treat it like it isn't redeemable until we get to the end of the road and can cash it in. So we took it away in the drawer, and we forget about it. Eternal life just becomes a ticket out of hell, redeemable at a labor date. Paul, and what we tried to drive home last week is this idea found in Romans 6, 4. We there were, therefore were buried with him through baptism into death in order that what? Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may receive, we too may live a new life. Paul says that when you move from being in Adam into Jesus and you participate in the act of baptism. This is why it is such a big deal, folks. He says, when you do that, you usher in new life, real life, here and now life. Paul says that this incredible gift has been accessed for you. It's unleashed the ability for you to be free. You see, you can be free from the slavery of sin. You can be free to live the life that God has called you to live. You can be free to actually flourish. You can be free to live a life as slaves to a master who actually wants you to experience life, not death. And it's not just later. It's here and now. And you are free, my friends, to walk out your obedience through faith each and every day. And so the question that I want you to wrestle with this week is this. I want you to determine where your obedience lies. You see, we have before us two slaveries, and you got to pick one. You're either a slave to sin or you are a slave to Jesus. There's no third bucket. you you, you got to choose one. There's no middle ground, church. So the question is, again, where does your obedience lie? And what are you choosing? Are you choosing death? And Adam, or are you choosing to follow the one that leads to life, real life, resurrection life, eternal life, here and now? Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word and for how it changes us. God, I pray that we wrestle all week with this question. That if we are followers of Jesus, we begin to ask ourselves why we have so many other masters than the Father. While sin is just crouching at our door, it seems like every turn. 
and begin to embrace this concept that we have actually been set free. God, and for those who may be in the room and haven't moved out of death into life, God, may they, right now, God, may you speak to them as you present your truth. God, may their hearts be captured and may they understand that they can change. That no longer is death and slavery to sin their master, but life and righteousness that leads to holiness, which gives us eternal life, can be ours. Oh, Jesus, I'm grateful for you. Man, thank you. Thank you that you set us free. Today hmm. we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.